Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Happy Tuesday. Those that are here live. Happy whatever day week it is for you. Thanks so much for joining us. Happy Hanukkah for those that are celebrating. Talking yesterday about the unpredictable. It's such an important connection because that's what Hanukkah is all about, the unpredictable. I want you to understand that the miracle what happened, why it happened, the way it happened. Remember, everything fits. The randomness, if you will, of the Maccabees being overly concerned about one of the many things that have to happen in the temple is worthy of discussion. Remember, what's the story of Hanukkah? What's the story of Hanukkah? Maccabees came in. Right? Searched for oil, couldn't find, kept on searching, got the oil, right? Why do they care so much about the oil? Why do they care so much to... Well, guess what? I got to tell you something. The temple had a lot of things going on. The menorah was just one. They burned incense every single day. They had uh, loaves of bread that lasted week to week. They did sacrifices. There's a lot of stuff that took place in the temple. The menorah was just one they, why didn't they go crazy until they found an animal to sacrifice? Why didn't they go crazy until they found all the right spices to put in the end? Why didn't they go crazy for the other things that they had? The, the mentality that they had of we're going to do it and do it right. Why didn't it apply to everything else? And so one of the reasons is that the menorah symbolized something. And what they were trying to do when they got to the temple, now remember, they didn't even have a menorah, to be honest. If you look at the story of the Maccabees, there wasn't even a menorah. When the Greeks came, they took the menorah. It was made of pure gold. The reason why Antiochus was drawn into the temple, by the way, by Hellenist Jews, like, if you want to get into the story, you'll see that the real, so to speak, villain of this story is it's Jew versus Jew. It's Hellenist Jews that brought in Antiochus to help them quell the traditionalists. And what enticed Antiochus was the money. It's always the money. The money that was in the temple, because the temple was the place of which that was where the treasury was back then. That was the place where people donated to. They didn't have, maybe they had local shuls and schools. But they, yeah, I'm sure they had everything localized, but they were constantly bringing money into the temple. Temple was where they had, you know, this concept called half shek. Oh, so much went on. The temple was the center point of the whole the whole nation. What drew Antiochus in was the money because the temple was filled with Benjamins, although they weren't Benjamins back then. Because gold is, 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 is valuable. And when, you, when everything is made of gold, you can trade that. So you could be sure that whatever in that temple had any value, it was done. It was either melted and sold or brought out or 
that's why when you go to the, the, the Ark of Titus, you see a picture of the menorah when it was ransacked from the Romans, the second temple. The end. This is also the second temple, but the end. There was no menorah. So the Maccabees show up. There's no menorah. There's no anything. And as opposed to trying to, like, you know, spending a week, like, you know, shutting the place down under construction, like just putting that yellow tape around the building, being like, 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 we just got here. Like, just give us a couple of minutes, okay? Let's just clean the place up a little bit, right? We got stuff to do. We're going to get back. We'll we'll be back in service. We'll, we'll, the bathroom's out of service. Like the Hobdale, obviously, it's not a bathroom. But like, you know, like, we got it. We'll let you know when we're up and running again, right? We're under construction. Supposed to like putting up the scaffolding around the temple and like, you know, putting a guy outside with cones. They ran in. Created a makeshift temple, a makeshift menorah. And then they weren't even happy with the oil that was there because it wasn't like the best of the best. It wasn't totally pure, which it didn't even need to be. Because according to the rules, it didn't have, they didn't need pure oil. It wasn't even, the temple wasn't purified even. Like it, the temple's pure, but the place was, on, was ransacked. But they kept on looking. And they kept on looking, and they kept on looking, and they kept on looking. So they found something. This whole story is not about the the eight extra day, the seven extra days in which this thing lasted. Is that's God's part. But if all we think about during this time is that side, we're, we're missing it. The story really is a bunch of warriors that never say die. It's a bunch of people, men and women, regardless of who was on the front lines. It doesn't matter. They went out, the family went out this together. The kids too were involved. That lived in the uncomfortable. That lived in the unpredictable. That took the hardest possible route. Because the easier route would have been just to give up. Because that's what a lot of Jews did back then. They just gave up. And no one, they're not, God forbid, no one's faulting them. I mean, this it was bad. Like during that period of time, the Greeks basically said, do anything Jewish and we're going to kill you. You know, back then, if you gave your son a bris and they found your son. Now, a bris is sort of lasting. So at any point, they can just find it. They would find the mom, hang her in the town square, kill the baby, and wrap it around the mom's neck. Like, I want you to get how hard it was to be a Jew back then. Right? If you were in a school and they caught you learning Torah, they would just kill everybody. Which is why they have the dreidels, because they kept them in the pockets, because when they opened the doors, they played dreidels. Right? And all you had to do is just, it wasn't Nazi Germany. You didn't, you didn't get killed because you were like a quarter Jewish. All you had to do was say, I'm out. And you're good. That was it. Just pick up your hands and drop your stuff. That's it. Back away. Just back away from the religion. And you're good. Like, you're good. No one bothers you. Go to the gymnasium, 
go to you know go to the whatever they had and they go go to the the you know the um the temple for jupiter like just back away so the path just to survive was pretty clear it wasn't i mean it was nazi germany and how they treated judaism but not how they treated jews the hardest thing you could have done the most unpredictable thing you could have done the most uncomfortable thing you could have done is hid in caves practiced your judaism and then not only kept to yourself but took on the strongest army in at the time that's what the maccabees did that's the story of hanukkah it's the greatest undog story of all time like it's un believable it gets lost over time with god poofed a miracle and god did poof a miracle but we're missing most of the story god poofed a miracle because the maccabees acted miraculous and that's the lesson that hanukkah stands for and why it is a universal lesson which is if you want God to treat you with miracles then you treat him with miracles. If you want God to bend nature then you bend your nature. Because it's natural for us to be comfortable and it's natural for us to be predictable and it's natural for us to be able to not say those things that'll be make us feel uncomfortable and not do those things. It is natural for us to take the easiest route nature finds the simplest easiest route to ha- for something to happen water finds the lowest place your brain looks to conserve its energy nature is built to survive and so survival requires the greatest conservation of resources the most natural thing for me and you to do every day is whatever is the most comfortable that is natural because that will enable us to have the s the 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 um the resources and the energy that's the word I was looking for the energy to continue to go it is natural for us to go to bed when we're tired it is natural for us to eat when we're hungry it's natural to be able to put our body in a place in which it's always accumulating things because then you have the most things it is unnatural for us to stay up later eat less do things that are making us more vulnerable risk social acceptance those things are unnatural which is why most of us don't do them which is why they take more effort But when we want great things in our lives and we want God to deliver for us nature bending opportunities and gifts and salvations and we're asking for things the Maccabees show us the way you get miracles is by being miraculous by showing yourself that nature bends to you by stepping up against the greek army which doesn't make any sense by fighting a war that you were untrained for 
because you know deep down inside you that you have a source that is more powerful than even you appreciate. And that source only comes out when you're uncomfortable, when things are unpredictable, when your brain doesn't know which way is up. And you have to rely sometimes on something even deeper than your conscious mind and your memory. It's a new way of life. It's the story of Hanukkah. And that may be why when they came to the temple, they went straight for the oil, because the light represents the soul. And they didn't want people to think this was a war because they were commandos. They wanted people to see that this was a story of light, God's light, God's energy. Maybe that's why they fought for the pureness, because that's who they were. They always fought for the right thing. They always fought to be, they always bend to nature. And maybe if they were just different people, they would have been like, okay, like we looked for my keys, I couldn't find it. Like I looked for oil. Let's just see what we got. Maccabee's like, that's not how we roll. We don't settle because it's hard. We'll just keep on looking. Like we're never going to settle until we do it right. It's uncomfortable. I want to be done. I, 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 we found oil that was good, but good's the enemy of great. And if we settle for good, we're never going to get great. And so they kept on looking because that's who they were. They kept on looking because that's what got them there. The mentality of keep on going. Don't stop. Now, it's got to be done in a healthy way, of course. But that's how you get the eight days of miracles is because God sees them pushing themselves and pushing themselves and pushing themselves. And God's your mirror. As King David said, God's your shadow. He will, inf- he will infuse himself in any way that you bring him. And when you bring him because you're trying to bend your nature to do what's right, he'll be there. But if we settle for the predictable, for the familiar, for the easy. Not, sometimes we have no choice, but always as a matter, we, there's no room. There's no room for miracles. That's the story of Hanukkah. It's a story of the light, the soul, the story of the few that will never bend, that always push kept on pushing. And you know what's interesting? You know how long it lasted for? Eight days. You know why? Because eight is the numerical value that we have in this world for miracles. The number, like the code in Judaism for miracles is eight. It's beyond nature. The code for nature is seven days of the week. Eight is miraculous, which is why a baby is given a breast on the eighth day because he's now going to be part of a above nature. It's above, it's an above nature covenant. It didn't last eight days just because. It lasted eight days because God was sending them a message right back. God's like, I got you. You're above nature. This is above nature. This whole story is above nature. We can live this way. It's super hard. It doesn't always work out the way we know. But it's a way of life. 
I'm not there yet. But I hope to be one day. I hope that we're all there one day. To bend nature. To be comfortable in the uncomfortable. To see ourselves as more than just our memory. And to measure our success, not by whether or not someone pats us on the back, but whether or not we did things that needed to get done, even though we didn't know how to do them. All right, we'll talk about this. All right, everybody. Have an amazing day. With God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.